this is Leah, and welcome to this week's Hashtag for Paris podcast. It is wonderful that you could join us for this week's teaching. I'll explain a little bit more about who we are at the end, but for now, let's jump right in. So as we get rolling this week, I, I, I want to begin with a question. And the question is this, when it comes to faith, do you ever have doubts? Listen, I, I, I get it. All of you that are watching, you're, you're probably at a different place when it comes to faith, when it comes to what you believe about Jesus. Uh, for some of you, you believe, and Easter is one of those moments where you're like, this is a day of celebration. Uh, but do you have doubts? Uh, for others who perhaps are still part on the journey of like, okay, who is Jesus and what difference does he make? Um, you likely have doubts as well. And so when it comes to faith, when, when it comes to God, when it comes to Easter, is it okay to have doubts? I... I think one of the dangerous things, one of the barriers that, that we've done as a church is we've tried to create this model where we don't allow questions to be asked. We, we, we don't allow doubts to begin to bubble to uh, the surface. But as I begin to reflect upon what we see in the Bible, what I see in my life, and, and what I see in people's journeys towards Jesus, is that doubt is actually beneficial. I would actually say that, that doubt is a precious place that can lead us to even greater belief. Last number of weeks, we've been working through this series called Encounters with God in Unexpected Places. And I really hope that this series has been helpful in, in, in a couple of ways. One is it shows us that we can encounter God not just simply in the obvious moments of life, but perhaps when we would expect it the least. And number two is that as we start to see how God encounters us in all of life, we see his posture towards us. And hopefully that is encouraging. So today, today, as we start to think about Easter, I want to land on this place of the reality of doubt when it comes to faith and how it can be beneficial, how it can be precious. And, and in many ways, it is a necessity when it comes to faith. Now, for most of us, when we think of Easter today, it's, it's a day of celebration. It, it's a day to get excited for, for the, the resurrection of Jesus and everything that it means in our lives. But if you go back to the very first Easter, that very first morning, the feeling around those who believed in Jesus would have been very different. And in many ways, there is no greater place to land on the question of is doubt beneficial than the first Easter. Let me, let me set the scenario real quick for you. For these disciples, this would have been an overwhelming couple of days. In the span of a few days, they went from seeing Jesus hailed and saluted as a king to being crucified horribly upon a cross. A place where they were so overwhelmed that they didn't know what to do. They, they deserted. They, they just walked away. They were pent up living in fear, wondering what was now going to happen next. That third day, the day where Jesus was supposed to rise, would have been very calm, would have been very quiet. And it's here that we see the reality of doubt. And so let's, let's jump into the story. We're going to turn to uh, the account given to us uh, by, by Luke. And we're going to start in, ver in chapter 24, beginning in verse 1. And this is what we read. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. 
They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, and we just want to stop right there because here is the setup. Here is the reality that, that these women were going to the tomb to prepare his body. Never once would it have crossed their minds that they were going in a moment of celebration, that this would be the moment where they would see Jesus having risen from the grave. It, it's not as if Luke tells us that, that the woman went very early in the morning and they, they hung out by the tomb and they, they were waiting for the sun to rise and they were starting to count down, you know, 10, 9, 8, 7, with this moment of Jesus is going to rise. No, none of it was there. Other accounts and other gospels tell us that, that as the women were walking to the tomb, the, the, the great conversation was, was how are we going to roll away this stone? They had doubt. They had little to no belief that Jesus would be risen. They thought what everybody thought. Dead bodies stay dead. So maybe it was just the women. Maybe just a small group of followers of Jesus. Maybe, maybe there were some others who knew better. Well, let's continue as we, as we pick up in verse 4. The women are at the tomb, and it says, Two men clothed with gleaming like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how you, he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the woman because their words seem to them like nonsense. Okay, like seriously, this, this is getting good. The, these are the individuals who were closest to Jesus. The women go to the tomb, not expecting Jesus to have risen. They go there to prepare his body. They are then met by two men with their clothes gleaming, angels who told them and reminded them, like, why are you looking for Jesus? Don't you remember what Jesus told you? And this is a bit of a flashback. You ever watch a movie where they're in the moment, but then they flash back to an earlier event that brings greater clarity to the present situation? That's what the Bible is doing. They're flashing back to a time where Jesus, and they tell you the location in Galilee, was telling them, listen, listen, here's the deal. We're going to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to die. On the third day, I'm going to rise to life. Three days, three days. It's not like Jesus was keeping this as some secret of, oh man, I got something up my sleeve. I can't wait to drop this on them. No, he told them three days, like Friday, day one, Saturday, day two, like Sunday, they must have been ready. And the women went back to the men. And what do the men do? They don't believe it. It sounds like nonsense. They were filled with doubt. They truly didn't believe. But wait, it gets better. Jump ahead a few hours, and now they're all hanging out in a locked room, probably wondering, like, like what has gone on? Like, where's Jesus' body? Like, what does this mean for us? And in verse 36, we jump in. 
It says, while they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. <laughs> I mean, you can't make this stuff up, right? They're all hanging out, huddled together, wondering what is going on, not believing that Jesus has risen. Jesus shows up in the person, and they're still startled. They're still freaking out. They're, they're, they're thinking they saw a ghost, and Jesus is like, peace be with you. We're told that Jesus actually ate with them as well as, as a means of, of showing them that, listen, this is flesh and bones. This is me with you right here, right now. But no one believed. So let me say, if you're someone who has doubts, if you're someone who has questions, if you're someone who is in that precious place of doubts, you're in good company. Because those closest to Jesus, I mean, these weren't just random individuals. These are people who had spent years with Jesus. They had seen his miracles. They had listened to his teachings. They had been told numerous times of the events that were going to take place. Yet none of them believed. They all began to doubt. And it's here that I begin to see why doubt is good. Why there's almost a, a precious place for doubt in the midst of faith. The first reason doubt is good is that in actually speaking about doubt, it begins to, to present a sense of authenticity. I don't know about you, but have you ever met someone who just never admits when they have a doubt? They just pretend they always have an answer. They almost fake it until they make it. They, 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 they just almost make things up. You, you get to a place where it's kind of frustrating. But the second thing is when people don't admit their doubts, you wonder what convictions they actually hold. Maybe for some of you, you, you look at the Bible and you're like, can it be trusted? I have doubts. Let me flip it this way. If this was made up, if these were individuals just trying to make themselves look better, then, then why would they include this? Why would they include such levels of doubt? Because we see the authenticity in their story. And I think the same is true for us. The second thing of, of why this, this story of doubt is so important is it reminds us again of the posture of Jesus that Jesus meets them in their doubt. Do you, do you notice when Jesus shows up, he says, peace be with you. He doesn't, he doesn't get upset. He doesn't be like, how can you not believe? Don't you remember? I told you, third day, resurrection, third day. He didn't scold them. He didn't rebuke them. I mean, he actually did show up and he met them where they were at. But, big but. Jesus didn't leave them 
there. We're told that Jesus opened their minds so they could understand. Jesus started to walk them through the passages previously in the Bible that was speaking to this reality. Jesus reminded them of how he told them in the past as well. And this is what we start to see with regards to the posture of Jesus towards us, is that he will meet us in some of the most unexpected places, in these places of doubt, but he doesn't want to leave us there. He wants to use our doubt to bring us to greater belief. I'm sure for a lot of us, we have different doubts. And, and we may not all share the same doubts. But I want to land on one today. The one that perhaps you are wrestling with. The one that often I ask, have people ask me. Because maybe you're at a place, you're like, listen, I don't, I don't doubt in the existence of Jesus. Um, I don't doubt in the fact that there was a historical figure who lived over 2,000 years ago, who was crucified. I'm okay with that. Actually, most scholars are. His history backs that up. And maybe you're even at a place, listen, I don't, I'm not even going to dispute the resurrection. Sure, it happened 2,000 years ago, and it was probably a really big deal back then. But what difference does it make in my life? I think a lot of people, their place of doubt when it comes to Jesus is how relevant is it to me? What difference is Easter and the resurrection make in my life? Let me suggest a couple things. The first one is it gives proof to the past. You see, if you go back and you start to look at Jesus and his teaching, he hinges everything upon his resurrection. He bases his entire ministry. He bases the proof of him being the son of God, the fact that he will die, but on the third day rise again. And it's because of that that we can have confidence that if Jesus was right on this, then Jesus is right on everything else. Every other promise, every other teaching he gives, we can be confident in. So what does it look like? Well, what, what difference does that make? The greeting that Jesus gave to his disciples is the same greeting he gives to you. Peace be with you. And, and so what is this peace? It speaks about a peace of knowing that because of Jesus, we too can be forgiven. I mean, it's, I mean, it's right there when, when Jesus speaks about the importance of forgiveness. What difference does Easter make? It makes a difference in the fact that because of Jesus' death, we can be forgiven. What difference does Jesus make? It means that it gives us hope for the future. That, that, that if Jesus has conquered death, if Jesus was not the death, the end for him, then it's not the end for us either when we put our faith in him. We can live with this wonderful sense of assurance of eternal life. What difference does Easter make? It, it means that, that we can live with a sense of assurance that not only is Jesus with us, but his strength sustains us in the midst of everything else. What difference does Jesus make? It gives us proof, power, and purpose for the presence. Like, think about it. Power and purpose. Suddenly, as you start to read the story of the early church, you begin to see a movement that changed the world. How, how did that happen? 
A group of men and women who were doubting, were afraid, were terrified, didn't know what to do next. Because they experienced the reality of Jesus, it gave them a sense of purpose. They became Jesus' witnesses of the resurrection. And that's what they began to tell others about. The very thing that they doubted became the foundation upon which they stood. So much so that many of them even gave of their lives to hold to this conviction. Their doubt led to conviction that not only transformed their lives, but transformed the lives of others. And it's all because Jesus met them in their doubt. So, as we conclude, as we land on what is your next step, I hope first and foremost that it's in Easter that you again see God's posture towards you, his love for you, that in Jesus' life, his death, his resurrection, we not only see God's love for us, but we see how Jesus meets us in our moments of life, even in the places of doubt. So will you be open? I think this was one of the keys for how their doubt led them to greater belief. They were open to Jesus. We're told that Jesus opened their minds to greater understanding. I think a lot of times we may have doubts. We may have uncertainties. And instead of being open and going and seeing who Jesus is, we just walk further and further away. So what does this look like? Real practically, continue to join us online or, or, or show up in person. It means that if you have questions or uncertainties, then we would love, we would love to walk with you through this. Be open to experiencing Jesus, even in the midst of your doubt, because he will meet you there. Last thing is the importance of our posture towards those who doubt. So not only are we to be open, but we need to be merciful to those who doubt. I have to believe that, that this became the hallmark of the early church, that this became, you know, one of their core values, that skeptics are welcome. Why? Because every single one of them doubted the resurrection. And so, and so how could they push away those who had doubts? As followers of Jesus, as churches, we, we need to hear this and be merciful to others. It was actually about 30 years later that one of the followers of Jesus, actually one of Jesus' brothers, a guy by the name of Jude, in his letter that is recorded in the Bible says this, in Jude 22, be merciful to those who doubt. 30 years later, they're still speaking about the importance of being merciful to those who doubt. So what does that mean? It means that if you have doubts, understand that you are welcome. Recognize that that you can belong even before you believe. Questions are encouraged. For those of us that are followers of Jesus, it means that like Jesus, we meet people where they are at with their questions, with their uncertainty, with their doubts. Easter, it matters. Easter makes a difference, not only in this world, 
but in your life as well. And my hope, my prayer, is the very greeting that Jesus gave to those doubters on that very first Easter is the greeting and the reality that you will experience as well. His peace being with you. And it comes by recognizing our need for Jesus. Let's pray together. So Lord Jesus, as we come to you this day, all of us perhaps from different places, perhaps with different questions, likely even with doubts. Jesus, may we be open to hear from you, to understand what you want to speak into our lives. We pray for those of us who are your followers, that we too would be merciful to those who doubt. Grant us the posture of welcome. Grant us the the posture of, of dialogue, of allowing doubt to be an opportunity to create even greater belief. For we ask this all, Jesus, in your name. Amen. And so now may the blessing and love of God the Father Almighty, the grace and mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the peace and the comfort of the Holy Spirit be with you today and in all of your tomorrows. Amen. May you have a wonderful Easter. today. We hope that you were encouraged by what you just heard. Just so you know a little bit more about who we are, hashtag for Paris, our church is about creating a culture that shows people that we are for them and for our local community. Jesus invites us to experience a meaningful life with him and others. So we meet every Sunday morning in person at the Paris Presbyterian Church at 1030 a.m. and throughout the week in various home groups and pubs here in Paris. It is here that we experience authentic relationships and we grow deep in our faith journeys together. If you would like to connect with us further, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And it is here that you can find links to any of our other audio and video podcasts, sermons, and you can track with what's happening with us each month. Please go straight to our website for more information now about our home groups and how you can get involved. Our website is parispresb.ca. Yes, that's right, parispresb, P-R-E-S-B dot C-A. And it's there that you can share our links with your friends, family, and neighbors. Uh, We have friends from around the world who connect in with us online on a regular basis. And so lastly, please feel free to email me and get connected directly. I would love to chat with you. My email is leah at parispres.ca, and I'll get right back to you. So that's all we have for now. Thanks again for joining, and we'll see you again next week. Bye for now, everyone.